1: nation back again with another week we are on to week two week one was uh, you know a little rough I think I think we got some things right but uh you know we didn't get some of the uh involvement from the other sides on some of these games but it regardless of that uh, we are a forward-thinking podcast here and so it is on to week two uh back again with Maddie as always
2: you can find him on Twitter at MaddieDFS. DFS how's it going tonight it's going good, man. Uh, we got a little bit of a, a tight game uh, here on Thursday night football uh, between the Giants and, and Washington. So, uh, trying to keep an eye on that as as we go through this. But yeah, week one, week one was an interesting one. Uh, I don't know what, what what would you call the biggest uh, biggest shock for you? For me, it was definitely Brandon Ayuk. You know, not even sniffing a target uh, and playing less than fifty percent of the snaps, and apparently he was dealing with a, a hamstring injury that we didn't know you know was going to hamper him that severely. Uh, you know he had returned to a full practice earlier in the week, and there wasn't any indication that he was going to be uh, playing behind Trent Sherfield. So uh, that was definitely a shock to me. But um, excited to bounce back for a fun week two slate.
1: For sure. I mean, there was a couple uh, down moments. You know, uh, mainly because I had a lot of uh, you know Tennessee and Arizona stacks, which the one side worked out, the other one did not. And then uh, I had a lot of exposure to that Green Bay game a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of Aaron Rodgers, and that uh, I did yeah. not see that coming. And I don't care. There is no way in hell if you would have told me that Jameis Winston would have thrown 14 for 20 for like 180 yards that he would have five touchdowns, I would laugh at you. But uh, that is exactly the way that it turned out. A wild, wild game. But, you know, it's week one, so it is so unpredictable. That's why we always talk about you know going light, not playing heavy. And so, anyways, without further ado, Are you ready? Let's jump into it. Let's just get straight to week two. All right. So this week is a little bit, you know, so that we don't have Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on this slate. So that kind of makes things a little bit more interesting whenever they are off the slate. So we don't have to worry about Travis Kelsey or Mahomes or Tyree kill this week, uh, as well as Lamar Jackson, because they are the, uh, Sunday night game and then we have the Monday night game which is the Packers and the Lions which you know I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will one will go off this week but we can talk about that for showdown and the discord anyways so this week in terms of pricing you have Kyler Murray is the highest priced quarterback at 8200 then the neg- that's the only 8k and then Russell Wilson 7500 Josh Allen 7200 6,900 is Tom Brady, which doesn't make sense against Atlanta, especially the poor ones they just come off of. I don't understand that. Dak Prescott's only 6,800. Herbert 6,700, which that game in itself has like a 55 and a half point over or under, which that is going to be where all the chalk comes from. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to want to play that game, which I get. But I think there's some some leverage off the off that game as well that, that we can talk about. But from there, you have Jalen Hurts at 6,500, Stafford at 6,400, Tannehill at 6,300. Kirk Cousins at 62, Jameis 61, Mayfield at 6000, Trevor Lawrence 6000, and you know uh, after that. So, Maddie, let's start with you. Where are you coming in this week?
2: So, uh, I'm going to start it off with somebody you probably didn't expect me to talk about, and maybe maybe you would because of uh, the team that they're playing against. But um, I want to talk about the Minnesota pass game uh, for a second. So, if we look at uh, situation neutral. plays from last week, you know, filtering within one score games, Minnesota checks in at sixth highest uh, pass rate uh, last week at 72%. And that's across 39 attempts. So it's not like, you know, it was just, you know, they were playing from behind uh, or whatever the the whole game, Um, you know, they, they made a conscious effort to throw the football uh, and play at a decent pace um, this week or last week with a new offensive coordinator there. Uh, So that's, you know, very encouraging for me, to want to stack up a Minnesota pass game going against Arizona. And I, I know everybody's going to want to look to Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins right off the bat. And that's probably going to be a very popular stack. And I think you can get a ton of leverage just by playing the other side of the game. Uh, and, and you can even play Hopkins in that stack, despite him being popular because nobody's going to play Kirk cousins. Uh, and you can, you can honestly run both Thielen and Jefferson together and, um, if you want, because I mean, those two are, those two guys are that, that entire pass game offense. Um, I mean, KJ Osborne, we can talk about him a little bit when we get to wide receiver. I think he's in play at 3,100 to, to, to go with that stack. But I mean, they're without Irv Smith at tight end. They're not really going to feature, you know, the tight ends that they have on the roster. So it it really is going to be a concentrated uh, Jefferson Thielen. And this is the same exact matchup we talked about last week with Tennessee. Um, Talking about, you know, how Arizona doesn't really have any corners to cover anybody. Um, Tennessee, you know, they just didn't look right because they're not. I don't think they're they are. They themselves have a new offensive coordinator and they just didn't look right. You know, they got away from play action. Uh, and Julio really hadn't had much time in camp because of injuries with Tannehill. So that offense is just way out of sync. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here saying that the Arizona got one of the top defenses in the NFL because that's, that's not necessarily true. I, I just think Tennessee was more out of whack uh, than anything there. So definitely really like um, loading up Kirk Cousins with Thielen and Jefferson uh, for a low-owned stack on the on the opposite side of one of the highest totals of the week. Um, outside of that, yeah, it's, dude, it's really hard to get off of uh, the Chargers and Cowboys. I mean, you've got those two big injuries, uh, Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, uh, four Cowboys, and they're not going to really be able to get pressure on the quarterback. And we saw even with the Chargers against a good Washington front last week, they only allowed Herbert uh, to be pressured 5% of the time. So, you know, they they made conscious efforts to upgrade their offensive line in the offseason, and they did just that, and they kept him clean the entire game against a good front seven. So with a banged-up Cowboys pass rush, I expect them to be able to do the same. Herbert should be able to do whatever he wants. Um, and on the other side, I mean – it's Dak, right? Like he's gonna he's gonna throw for a lot of attempts and a lot of yards, assuming that the Chargers are putting up a lot of points on the other side. So uh, it, that game's gonna be popular. I just you know try to figure out a way to be different with it if you can. Like if the field's going Herbert and running it back with Zeke on the other side, maybe maybe you go Dak and run it back with Eckler on the other side as opposed to Keenan Allen's and be different that way um, and try to get exposure to the, to the shootout in, in that regard. So um, I definitely like that. And outside of that, I haven't really decided where I'm going to go for my third QB. Russell Wilson's definitely interesting uh, at home against Tennessee, and the other guy that I have interest in is Jalen Hurts against San Francisco. I mean, we saw Jared Goff be able to march down the field multiple times against that San Francisco defense. Quite frankly, I just don't think they're uh, fully healthy right now, and, and and you know, a top unit in the NFL and we saw how good the, the Eagles looked uh, despite playing Atlanta. Uh, the Eagles looked pretty good this past Sunday. So anytime you give me a rushing QB like Jalen Hurts, uh, I'm definitely in. And I think people are going to be m- very much off of him because they see San Francisco on there, but you know, San Francisco giving up 33 points to to that lowly, lowly Detroit offense uh, has me very intrigued about Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. Um, with Jalen Hurts, I mean, anytime that you're going to be able to get the type of r- rushing opportunity that that he has, he is always in play. And I mean, I don't really think they had to do a whole lot. The, the only concern that I, not even a concern, but is the fact that they ended up. Um, I mean, I think his average depth of target was extremely low. Um, I think which they is good. The, yeah, I prefer that for him. And, yeah. So they, they didn't really take any deep shots, but they didn't really need to either mm-hmm. in that game. I mean, they they pretty much controlled that game from the jump. And so, I mean, the, the Philadelphia offense looked really good. But um, so I, I don't mind, I don't ever mind playing him. Um, for me, I definitely, I mean, Russell Wilson is 1,000% in play, 7,500. They're the third highest applied point total this week against a really bad Tennessee offense. I do think the Tennessee, or excuse me, the Tennessee defense, but I think Tennessee kind of uh, gets things a little bit back on track this week because uh, they just got boat raced last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, they made. The, the Arizona they made the Arizona defense look like, fantastic which was good for me because I played a lot of Arizona defense mainly just because they were 2100 yep, and I, the same. Know, I, I knew that they had Chandler Jones some of the pastors they have if think it's the quarterback but I was not expecting that and so mm-hmm. um I, I actually I love Russ. Russ didn't really need to open it up too much last week either uh they hit on some deep plays to Tyler Lockett but you know that offense they didn't really have to do a ton but um but I like it's at home. So I do like Seattle uh, quite a bit. You know, Russell Wilson at a 7,500. And then, you know, I, I'm not going to talk about, about this game because it's, it's obvious. Uh, Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert, you know, I think both of them are going to be probably one and two in terms of ownership, I would think, or at least they're going to be pretty close in the top five, I would think, in ownership. Everybody's going to want to play this game because uh, it has the potential to go nuclear. And it's also inside of a dome, uh, you know, with with playing, you know, with the Chargers, you know, at SoFi Stadium. So for me, so I, I want to talk about a few other guys that I think people aren't going to be on. Um, One of them is I have some interest in Ben Roethlisberger this week. They have the ninth highest implied point total this week. Um, I I know that offense, especially in the first half, didn't really look good. But the the Raiders' defense, especially their secondary, doesn't really worry me all that much, right? And so I I do feel like that with with this, this is a way you can get a little bit different. You can, you know, they have a lot of whether you want to play him with Deontay or whether you want to play him with, um, you know, Chase Claypool. uh, I think you could definitely do that. But I just think this offense probably takes another step forward this week. They did throw the ball more than I expected, and and so I I, I do uh, like that uh, as well. And so while I do think the Oakland or Oakland the the, the Raiders front is definitely much improved with adding in Gakwe and everything else, they were able to get to the quarterback. But this is just a, a little bit different of a game. Um, in terms of that. And so I I think you probably see a lot of targets go to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And so I do like this. I mean, like I said, they have the ninth highest implied point total this week. And so I I do like Ben Roethlisberger a little bit. as kind of a different, you know, to get a little bit different. And then I like Sam Darnold. Uh, again, played really well last week, and he was cheap. He's still cheap this week. He's only 5,200. I know people are going to see that first next to the Saints, but the Saints uh, have a bunch of injuries. They lost even more pieces on that defense. Marshawn Lattimore is hurt. Um and then i can't I can't think of the other guy uh, who's also hurt as well, and so that's just more injuries to this defense. I think dJ Moore can actually absolutely expose that secondary, and I don't mind you know if you want to stack him with Terrace Marshall I mean Terrace Marshall was second on the team and and route, routes run per targets and so I like, I like Terrace Marshall as well. And so I think it's a really cheap stack. If you want to, pay, you know, pay up for running back. And because I, you know, we'll get over there to it in a second, but there's a lot of guys at running back that are high priced that I definitely want to try to jam in. You we have to always try to, you know, uh jam in uh Christian McCaffrey. Cause I believe um over the past, it's either the past two or three years, he has never been on a given week less or lower than QB or QB RB eight on a week. That is insane to me. Not one week has he been that, that he's played you know the full game. Has he not been RB or at least RB
2: eight or better? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like yeah. you, you just play the guy. He scored thirty points last week without scoring any touchdowns. And, Absolutely, and he's not the highest known running back every week either because everybody sees nine point nine k or nine point five k last week. And they're like, oh, I'm just I'm just going to play Dalvin Cook for four hundred less or Kamara for you know a thousand less, and they don't like would well, Kamara score like twelve points or something. Like, and I know that that was a blowout, but he got 80 yards and a touchdown, and he wasn't involved in the pass game at all. Meanwhile, the Panthers are blowing out the Jets, and McCaffrey's still almost going for the double hundred yard bonus. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, dude. His usage, like 30 touches, it, it's just, it's unreal. It, it, it is simply unreal. We, I don't know, I don't know if we've had a, a fantasy asset like McCaffrey uh, no, before. He is, he is, I mean,
1: he is safe, but he also has the, the high He's got upside. Speed.
2: Yep. So, like if he yeah. scores if he scores two touchdowns against the Jets he's a, up to almost 45 points and you know we're sitting here saying oh McCaffrey's going to once again be once again be the highest running back highest running back on the slate but that's not I don't think that's going to be the case I think he's going to come in lower owned than he should as always because of, he's near 10k um
1: yeah, and I, I think some of it's uh, due to, because of what, what that people are going to want to play, right? I mean, everybody's going to gravitate towards Prescott or Herbert or Kyler Murray, and then their pieces are, are really expensive as well. So it's going to be tough to be able to fit them in if, if that's the direction you want to go. And so I think if you can get a little bit different and slide down to somebody like, even like Ryan Tannehill, which you talked about at 6,300, somebody like that, or Kirk Cousins at 6,200, uh, I think it opens up a little bit more and makes you allows you to be a little bit different. I still want pieces from that game, no, no doubt, like from that the Dallas game. But I think you can do that and get a little bit different, maybe whether it's Mike Williams or, um, you know, something like that or, or you know, so, some other piece of Jared Cook. Um, you know, I think there's some different ways that you can get a little bit different here and still get exposure to that game as well.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you can hover in the low six to mid 6K range at quarterback this week and be completely fine, uh, assuming you're, you're jamming in McCaffrey too. Because um, I mean, there's Stafford's down in that range too, who we didn't even mention. Uh, he's going up against the Colts, who just got shredded by Russell Wilson. Um, so he's, you know, he's definitely in play on a high pass, high volume pass offense that's not going to lean on Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle. So uh, I definitely think Stafford's in play too, even though we haven't mentioned him. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I think you know this is a good week to pay down to you know like this the low six k range for quarterback and and fit in as many pieces from the other games as you can. Uh, Cause I, I do think Kyler Murray is going to bring in some ownership up there, up at the top. And so is Russ should too, after his week last week. Um, so it's going to, you know, it's going to be a different build paying down a quarterback a little bit, um, especially with Dak and Herbert up there too, uh, getting a lot of the ownership. So you can have a different build inherently just by paying down a quarterback a little bit this week. So uh, I definitely like going that route. And that's probably probably going to end up on, you know, the hurts, Hertz, Cousins, Stafford, and or and or one of uh, Herbert or Dak this week is is where I think I'm going to end up landing. It's it's going to be hard to get away from that. Do you have any interest in Baker, or are you staying completely
1: away from it because they're probably just going to run the ball and just run it down the uh, the, the Texans' throat? I, I mean, the Brown, the as of right now the Browns have the second highest implied point total, only behind
2: the Buccaneers, and and this is this is kind of a good segue into running back two. My issue with the Browns is they've got two main pieces this week on offense with OBJ already being ruled out. Uh, it's going to be Chubb and it's going to be Landry, and those two guys I'm expecting to be rather popular because they're playing Houston. Um, you know, people are going to say, "Oh, well, there's no other wide receivers other than Jarvis Landry." You know, he's going to be popular, um, and obviously Nick Chubb, the 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 whole stat around Nick Chubb uh, being a heavy favorite in Los in Vegas. Uh, per the sports books, you know, he scores the most DK points that he's ever scored when he's favored by, you know, a certain amount of points. And this is the biggest he's ever been favored. So it, there's just a lot of Nick Child love going around already. And, um, you know, he really – he has to go for pretty much three touchdowns or 200 yards to to absolutely burn me uh, because he's not going to get a ton of pass game involvement because Kareem Hunt's still there. Kareem Hunt still mixes in. Um, and just so, with all that long-winded to say – the Browns are going to carry too much ownership than what I'm comfortable loading up on them uh, to play them at. I'd rather play a lower-owned like Minnesota stack against Arizona.
1: Well, I, I, with that being said, why don't we just
2: actually jump over to running back? Uh, and this, is there any other quarterbacks you want to talk about? No, I touched on the guys that I'm focused on this week. It's going to be a very narrow pool. I, I think that you know there's a handful of games we can attack through the past games, but um, I'm pretty narrowed down. And that's Those are the guys that I'm at.
1: Okay, so then let's just jump over to the running backs, as we've you know kind of hinted at already with Christian McCaffrey's ninety nine hundred. Um, I still don't understand why he's not over ten k, but regardless, he he will be there soon enough. Dalvin Cook is at ninety one hundred. Alvin Kamara at eighty eight hundred. Derrick Henry at eighty three hundred. Nick Chubb seventy eight hundred. Austin Eckler, Mister Austin Eckler, getting goal line carries for the first time in his career. Uh, had I think four goal line carries last year, which um, you know last year I think he only had one in all, all of the season. So that is encouraging. Didn't have any targets, but I think that'll definitely change in a game like this. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was seventy two hundred. Joe Mixon came uh, came out and, sm- and smashed last week. I think he had twenty five for twenty eight something something like that last last week. Uh, DK points only seven only seven k. Miles Sanders sixty nine hundred. James Robinson sixty four hundred. Najee Harris is sixty three hundred, which to me is way too cheap. 6,200. David Montgomery, 6,100. And then Chris Carson is 6,100. Josh Jacobs, who's questionable again, is 6K. So talk to me about running backs
2: and uh, which ones that you are most interested in. So I talked about Chubb. Um, I'm probably not going to play Chubb, and it's not it's not because he's a bad play. Obviously, you can play running backs against Houston. I just think he's going to carry too much ownership with some, some risk that, you know, the points just get scored elsewhere, whether it's Kareem Hunt vulturing him or whatever uh, Baker throwing it to Landry or, or Schw- somebody random like shorts, um, you know, because the Browns can't spread the ball around, but I, I'm playing McCaffrey at the top. I'm pl- I don't care that he's 9900 um, and I don't care about the matchup against New Orleans. We talked about this last week. I'm not going to let one week of Green Bay, no showing against them change my mind that the New Orleans defense is going to be worse than it has been, uh, especially against running backs. So, until we see, uh, you know, them play play good for consistently for a handful of weeks, um, I'm just using the personnel that they have as as a guide for that. That defense just isn't going to be very good. Um, I just think you know, Green Bay with all the 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 distraction in the offseason, they just no showed basically. Um, so, I'm just chalking it up to that. Going to have a ton of McCaffrey. Um, I like Eckler a lot as a pivot off of the obvious pass game uh, pieces in Dallas and and the Chargers. And the same thing can be said for Zeke on the other side of that game. Um, You know, a game where two guys are going to get all of the red zone usage uh, for either team in a game that's going to be stacked heavily through the air. I I think those are really good leverage plays for teams where you're not using those, those passing attacks. Um, I like Jonathan Taylor, assuming his offensive line is healthy uh, they've, they're dealing with some some injuries uh, this week, uh, so definitely need to keep an eye on that. But he would be my run back if if playing Stafford. Um, he had a ton of touches and and tied tied Hines with uh, targets uh, last week in a game that they were trailing the pretty much the entire game. So that is very encouraging usage for JT. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to end end up on Montgomery, despite uh, Walido uh, cheering for him in chat. Um, I'd rather pivot to Allen Robinson on that team, which we can talk about when we get to wide receiver. But I think Montgomery at 6,100 after, you know, running all over the Rams on prime time, he's going to get some ownership. And then I really like Najee Harris as, for a bounce back candidate. Um, I, I think he's, he might pick up a little more steam this week. Last week he was really unowned. Um, I think he's going to be a bit more popular considering the fact that he did not come off the field but that's why I like him this week against Las Vegas is he will not come off the field. And I think his past game usage is going to be more than the three targets he saw last week as well. So um, you've got a lot of guys again, outside of below McCaffrey, like you've got a lot of guys in the six K range again, same with quarterbacks, six K range is, is very, very sweet uh, for the running back position. And then if you go even a little bit below that um, there's a guy at $5,400 that, might be my favorite running back play on the slate. And despite this being a PPR site, I absolutely love Damian Harris this week um, at $5,400. We know Bill Belichick does not let rookie quarterbacks do anything against him. Uh, And Zach Wilson is, is in for a rude awakening against that Patriots defense. And also Makai Becton is out for the jets for multiple for six to eight weeks on that offensive line. So I'm anticipating the jets to not be able to put up a points and I'm anticipating Damian Harris to run all over that jets uh, defense. And I think you're looking at 125 yards and, and two to three touchdown upside there for, you know, almost 30 DraftKings points without catching any passes. So I, I really like Damian Harris this week as, as a, a pivot off of a lot of those guys who might end up popular in that 6k range.
1: Yeah. So I, I think for me, um, I think it's come in, you know, not including the you know the, the obvious names I, I think one it starts for me i'm gonna talk about miles sanders he's only 6900 right um if, if you look at Adam, last week you know ended up with 15 carries also had five targets he was 13th in weighted opportunities uh, you know his 17.3 uh was 12th among all running backs last week he rushed for 74 yards 39 res- uh receiving yards on four receptions did not find the end zone uh, some of, some of the things I was uh, he had a 3.90 yards per run, which is fourth among all running backs. He was 11th in target share and seventh in yards per reception last week against the Falcons. And you know this, we just saw this Lions just ferocious rushing attack just carve up this 49er defense, right? And and, and so I, I think for me, like it's it, I'm looking at this and I'm I'm saying that. I, I think this is a matchup he could definitely exploit. And w- when you have Jalen Hurts on the field, we kind of saw it last year too w- with Miles Sanders, that he kind of opens things up for Miles Sanders because you're not just going to be able to focus on Miles Sanders because of the fact with the threat of uh, Jalen Hurts always touching the ball. And so I, it was a really good start for Miles Sanders in 6,900. Um, I think he's a little bit of a leverage playoff. Some of these guys like, a, like a, even a Nick Chubb that, that's – you know that's a little bit higher than he is and stuff like, and players like that, or even a Joe Mixon who's 7k that people are going to want to jam in as well. Right. And so I like miles Sanders at 6,900. I like that price. I think he's going to get most of the opportunities. I know Kenneth Gainwell is going to be involved as well. Um, but you know, five targets, if he can, if he can maintain that and get five, to six targets a, a game, I am perfectly okay with that. And I think he makes for a, a really good play um, this week against the 49ers. And then I think, Completely agree with Najee with Najee Harris. If you can get a running back at sixty three hundred dollars, who is not going to come off the field, who's going to get play a hundred percent of the snaps, you just can't pass that up, right? And it was a terrible game last week for him. Only had like four point five, I think DK points, something like that. But or five point nine, excuse me. But I don't care against this Raiders defense. You can run against this defense, and so I like Najee Harris at sixty three hundred. Um, now, there's a, there's uh, one other guy that I also. Uh, wanted to hit on as well, and that is Daryl Henderson. And last week, I was very surprised at the usage that he saw last week. Um, played ninety or ninety six percent of the snaps. He was second, only to Najee Harris's one hundred percent. He also received ninety four percent of the opportunities in that backfield, just second, eleventh in carries. He did only see one target, so that is something to monitor. But rushed seventy yards. Uh, fifteen point seven um DK points last week, right? And so if you could get a running back at his price, right? He's not they did not move him up drastically. He is still cheap. He's only fifty seven hundred. And again, if you can get a running back at, at at that cost. I have no problem going there with him as somebody who's going to have. Now, do I think that is going to maintain where he's going to be getting 96% of the opportunities? No. But if you go back and look at Sean McVay prior to last year, that's kind of what he wants. He wants that workhorse back. That's what he did with Todd Gurley. And I think that's a lot of what you're going to see with Daryl Henderson moving forward. Now, I don't think he's going to get the same kind of target share that Todd Gurley got. But I do think while he is still in this 5k range against an indie defense that was just thrashed by Chris Carson a week ago, like so, I, I just don't have any problem with that. And Sonny Michelle only had, I think, one snap, I think, or one carry last week. Um, no, Walido, you are 100% wrong. Sonny Michelle is not going to be involved this week. You know why? Because Sonny Michelle fucking sucks, okay? And so, Sonny Michelle is not going to be involved. I know you hate Daryl Henderson, but. Follow the touches. Don't follow your take-lock bias, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Love you, Walido. Anyways, so 5,700. I like me some Daryl Henderson.
2: Yeah, uh, he's definitely in play. Uh, that Colts defense didn't look great last week against Seattle. Um, and the Rams Rams offense is going to be good all year. And you have to respect Stafford in the past, and, and you know, that just – that Rams offense has always been able to run the ball because it's a, because of the scheme. So um, yeah, I mean, he's going to see what probably 18 to 20 touches in this one. He saw 17 last week. So fifty seven hundred eighteen 18 touches. That's, that's pretty good. Um, I'm definitely on board with that. Um, there's, there's two burning questions that I want to get your opinion on. The first one being the obvious question, the elephant in the room, um, you know, the hottest hottest running back on waivers this week uh, Mostert's out for the year. Uh, Elijah Mitchell sits at 5K. Trey Sermon's obviously going to be active this week. Are you touching the San Francisco backfield against Philly? Or do you think that you know these guys are going to gain – Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell especially is going to gain steam to where you want no part of it? So I don't mind playing – it's going to be ownership-based.
1: If, if he has somehow gained steam this week because of his price, because of what he did last week – Depending on where he comes in, because I think that's the most important part of it, of the equation, anyways. If he's gonna be unowned, I would I would have interest in him at, 50, at 5k. Yes. Um, I think this this rushing attack is one of the best of the league. It is the scheme. And I know that Trey Sermon is going to be Trey Sermon is going to be active this week. He's not going to be a healthy stretch again this week. That's not going to happen. But I think that he is going to get enough opportunities. I think you could probably figure he gets 15 probably 15 to 17 touches total in this game. And so I don't know how you can't have some sort of interest in that at 5k. Um, He was not utilized as a pass catcher last week, but I think that changes. He was a capable pass catcher in college. He usually had around 20 receptions a season. And so he's not like, you know, he's not a Christian McCaffrey or a DeAndre Swift where he's got to catch a bunch of balls, but um, I do think he's a capable pass catcher. And I think game script had a lot to do with the fact that he never saw any targets, but he still had hundred yards and a touchdown. Now it was against Detroit, but I do think that as long as his ownership doesn't get out of control, I think at five K, I think you could go there.
2: Okay. And my other question for you is $100 below that. Josh Jacobs has DNP DNP yesterday. And today uh, Kenyon Drake sits at 4,900 against Pittsburgh. I would assume Kenyon Drake would become the highest-end running back on the slate at 4,900 if Jacobs were to miss. Is this Mike Davis good chalk from last year, or is this Mike Davis bad chalk from last year? Assuming Jacobs were to be out, it's a tough one because I don't know the answer. I'm with I. I have no input either way. I think it's um, a ter-
1: it's a it's a terrible matchup because of the, mm-hmm. how
2: good this this pit this this Pittsburgh defense is. But I think that. The pass game usage is going to be there. He's caught six balls last week for 60 yards. And, that and was I think against the Baltimore. difference in
1: that as well, though, is that if I remember correctly, Mike Davis, when that happened, he was, he was 4K. I think he was minimum, right? He was not He's not minimum. Yep. He's 4,900.
2: And he's still busted at minimum price. Yeah. Which, so- is, which is why I get kind of hesitant because I, I, I could see, you know, Kenyon Drake approaching 30% ownership if Jacobs were to be out. And he would be the chalkiest play of the slate. Um, Because people are going to see Drake's name. They're going to see number one running back. They're going to see that 4K, that 4,000 salary starting. I know he's 4,900, but they're going to see the number four starting the salary number. Um, And and it's just going to subconsciously suck ownership to him. Um, Because then they can play McCaffrey and they can play all these other guys that they want to play up top. Um, I just don't know what I would do. I think part of me feels like he doesn't have the ceiling that I want. Um, despite the the volume that would be there, because like, I mean, he has to score a touchdown or two to burn me, right? Because he's not gonna rush for a hundred yards against Pittsburgh. Like, the only thing that's safe is his pass game involvement at that point. And, like, I don't even know that he'd be the goal line back when they like when I what what tells me he would be the goal line back over Peyton Barber, a ball just a legit bowling ball Peyton Barber. I think he would be the goal line back. I mean, I. He's
1: proven that. I mean, he could definitely do that. He did that. That was his main role in Arizona last year. I mean, he pretty much had that role all to himself. I mean, he already played 40. I mean, he, even last year, you know, he played 47%. He had received 47% of the opportunities and played 48% of the snaps. I don't think Josh Jacobs is right. Like, Josh Jacobs continually went off the field his something's going I mean, he has, you know, that, that toe is not right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the smartest move would be to shut him down for, you know, a month or month and a half or whatever. And just, you know, get him right. But I, I would venture to start to look like he's not going to play, but if he's going to have 30, 35% ownership, no thanks. I'll, I'll be out on that. This is just exactly. a terrible matchup. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, it's not good. Um, I, I think he could see some, you know, some pass catching work, but much like that, like Josh Jacobs back when, you know, before they had Kenyon Drake, like he wasn't receiving that all that much pass catching work either. And so I don't know. I mean, we know Darren Waller is going to get 72 targets. Um, He is currently on pace for, I think, 300 targets this year uh, after his 19 target performance he got on Monday Night Football, um, which is just insane for Darren Waller. But regardless of that, um, I just couldn't do it at that ownership. Like, and it's, it's just a terrible matchup. I mean, if it was, this was like a, a decent matchup that I would have a little bit more interest, but man, this is, this is about one of the worst matchups you possibly can get facing that, that Pittsburgh defense.
2: Yeah. And, and just looking at Pittsburgh's week one man versus zone, uh, split, they played about 70% zone. Um, whereas Baltimore plays a ton of man coverage. So in man coverage, you're going to be, you know, it's, you're more likely to get, Uh, chunk receiving plays out of the backfield because it's, it's running back manned up with a linebacker most of the time. Um, Whereas in zone coverage, you know, it's, it's, you can have higher volume, uh, but it's going to be a lot less explosive plays because the zone's going to keep everything in front of them. So he would need, you know, probably eight to 10 targets to really burn me uh, against Pittsburgh. And he would have to score one to two touchdowns to burn me as well. I mean, 5k isn't free. Like you still and, and, I think a, a common mistake that a lot of people make in DFS too is is they see somebody as value because they're cheap and, and they sacrifice ceiling um, because they're just trying to force in a cheap player on their team uh, and not realizing that to take down tournaments, you know, everybody kind of has to smash um, regardless of what their price is. So um, yeah, I think, I think Ken- Kenyon Drake's going to end up popular. And I think I probably will not have any of him assuming Jacob sits.
1: Yeah. Um, lastly before we jump over to wide receivers, what is your thoughts on Javante Williams this week at forty four hundred? I mean, he had fourteen carries last week playing Jacksonville. Uh that Jacksonville defense is atrocious. And do you have any interest in that or because of Melvin Gordon's involvement,
2: you'd be out. Well, they played the Giants last week. They got Jacksonville this week, and they they still had he still had a ton of volume in a close game with the Giants. Um, who, you know, looks kind of good defending Antonio Gibson tonight. Um, so, again, I just don't know, w- with their timeshare, I don't know what the ceiling would be for him. I'd almost rather... Nah, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. We'll, 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 I'm going to hold that in. I was going to say I, I, I would almost rather just play Mark Ingram for his 26 touches, but... Uh, that that I am not doing. I, I'm not doing that either. No, I'm just I'm trying to stay away from these timeshare guys if I can help it. Especially because we have, like you said, Daryl Henderson didn't come off the field 5700. Najee Harris didn't come off the field 6300. Uh, you got you got Zeke right there at 6200, which is crazy. Um, Montgomery 6100. Like I just think there's too many guys in that 6K range to flirt with these uh you know committee style backs in the in the mid-fours i
1: i probably i mean I, I don't think i would either i don't i don't think the upside's there for him um i mean it's possible that he could just smash and you know and they give him all the opportunities because he's got the hot hand or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean they pretty much split carries straight or split touches straight down the middle i think they each had 50 percent. and so you know it's just melvin gordon's day looks different because he busted off that 70 yard touchdown at the end right but overall um I just think that I would. Uh, I, I just don't think I could do that even at that price. I do think Chase Edmonds though is interesting at his price tag, um, his involvement. Um, he actually touched the ball. Uh, he was the clear-cut lead back last week, um, or the lead running back, you know, um, in that backfield in that game. So if if you want to get a little bit of opportunity or a little bit of exposure to that game, uh, that is not the pass catchers. I do not mind Chase Edmonds uh, at his price. Um, And if you look at him last week, uh, 56% of the snaps, 50% of the opportunities, 12 carries, four targets. Uh, he had two red zone touches last week. Um, you know, 14.6 fantasy points or DK points. And that is with zero touchdowns. And so there is opportunity. I I don't think he's going to be the goal line guy. I think that's going to be reserved for James Conner, but in a game that, you know, could be high scoring back and forth. I think chase Edmonds, you know, carving himself out a bigger role as a pass catcher as well, uh, more than just the four targets he had last week. So I do like James Conner a little bit, or James Conner chase Edmonds a little bit, especially at his price tag. Um, we haven't talked much about Zeke at sixty two hundred. Really quickly, let's because I feel like we we didn't really talk about Austin Eckler either. Let's let's talk about Austin Eckler and and both, and, and Zeke in this game, right? Um, Zeke at sixty two hundred feels ridiculously cheap, right? He's normally a guy that's in that seven high seven eight k range. Are you
2: playing him at sixty two hundred? Oh, absolutely, and it's kind of what I mentioned. Zeke and Eckler are elite pivots off of the pass game. That's going to be heavily popular, um, and we saw this. And this is what I was talking about with our boy Derek. I, I got on the phone with him uh, earlier today and just had a conversation, you know, just about DFS and uh, you know the games this weekend and and just you know building DFS lineups in general. And you know we were kind of looking back on this past weekend uh, and and just reviewing a little bit and. We were like, why were none of us on Adam Thielen at all when we, you know, we're seeing Dalvin Cook as as this popular running back uh, against a bad Cincinnati defense and none of us want to play Thielen or Jefferson. Um, because, you know, anything can happen from the touchdown variance and it's such a concentrated offense, you know, like if you're going to, if you're trying, looking for leverage, Dalvin Cook is the, is the obvious high own play and if you're trying to pivot in that same game because let's say you don't think Minnesota scores less than three touchdowns and you're fading Dalvin well you need somebody somebody's going to score the points right and it's probably going to come from a concentrated group of guys why like why didn't we play Adam Thielen? so you know applying that same logic if you know you're not on lineups you're not playing Dak and Herbert and Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb there's going to be a lot of points scored in that Dallas and Chargers game, right? So why not play the guys who are going to get the goal line touches or can break big runs, explosive runs, four long touchdowns? And, and I think that's Zeke and that's Eckler. Um, you know, Eckler got, what did he get, seven red zone rushes last week? I know he had zero targets, but that's not going to be sustainable for the whole year. Like that's his that's his bread and butter is catching passes. Um, And and I think that the, you see that change against Dallas, who just hasn't been able to defend that that aspect Um, and you know, maybe Michael Parsons helps that, but I think he's going to have to be involved with rushing the passer too, considering they have nobody to do that now. Um, So yeah, long winded to say, yes, I, I like Zeke and I like Eckler a lot. I, uh, I I agree as well.
1: I think not having any of them, I think is a mistake. Uh, Mm -hmm. So let's just go ahead and jump over to the wide receivers. We have DeAndre Hopkins at the top at 8k. Uh, Stephon Diggs at seventy seven hundred, DK Metcalf at seventy six hundred, uh, k- Calvin Ridley at seventy six or seventy five hundred. Excuse me, Justin Jefferson seventy four hundred, Tyler Lockett seventy two hundred, Adam Thielen seventy one hundred, Keenan Allen at seven k, which is uh, a Travis. Or not, it's 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 ridiculous that he's only seven k. Um, he mm-hmm. should be much higher than that. AJ Brown at sixty nine hundred, Amari Cooper at sixty eight hundred uh debo samuel is 6700 coming off that monster performance he just came off of Shout chris out, godwin at 6600 deontay johnson 6400 Ceedee Lamb 6400 i can only imagine what his ownership is going to be at 6400 jarvis landry 6300 julio jones 6300 Allen robinson 6200 mike yeah. Evans 6100 mike williams at 6100 cooper cup at 6k which is we'll talk about it but And then Antonio Brown at 6K, that wraps up, you know, that that, that, that tier. What are we doing at wide receiver this week?
2: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket?
1: and why is Mike Williams which i like Mike Williams this week but at 6100 i don't get like it's like they moved everybody up and then they just kind of left everybody like let's just move Mike Williams up uh, and then we're just going to leave everybody else the same
2: yeah uh it's tough to push the Mike Williams button uh in the group of wide receivers that he's in but if you're game stacking and that game goes nuclear i think Mike Williams will be a big part of our part of why um, this is, you know, kind of another topic. Me and Derek we're, we're kind of talking about, you know, this is figuring out this game, the the Chargers Cowboys game pretty much hinges the slate, to be honest. Um, and so, you know, Trevion Diggs is the only good corner that the Cowboys have. And you can, you know, you have to kind of try to pick and choose, you know, is Dallas going to use their number one corner on Keenan Allen just because he's their number one corner, or are they gonna try to match up? uh player style, right? So last week Diggs was on Mike Evans and shut him down because Diggs is a, a bigger, more physical corner and he can match up with the bigger body guys better than he can the smaller guys. Um and that leaves you know the smaller corners to match up with the smaller guys. So do they put Diggs on Keenan Allen or do they put Diggs with the big body Mike Williams? If they're putting him with Mike Williams I don't want any Mike Williams and I want to play Keenan Allen. If they're gonna put him with Keenan Allen I want to play both because then that makes means digs is is following Keenan Allen into the slot. And that's not really where he plays. So, um, and you, and you push Jordan Lewis out to a spot that he's not comfortable if he's going to play outside. So it's, it's a very interesting dynamic figure trying to figure out what Diggs is going to do. Um, I do like all that to say, I, I do like Mike, Mike Williams, and and he may be featured in, a, in another thing that uh, that I'll be doing this week or uh, something, but um, yeah, the, the, I think wide receiver is similar to, you know, the running back position. There's a lot of guys in the 6K range that, I mean, Allen Robinson 6,200 uh, against the same Cincinnati defense that we just talked about with Adam Thielen crushing last week. Um, and I think Montgomery could end up popular. So I think it's the same exact leverage play. And you can play any of these guys that, you know, we talked about the game stacks. So I don't want hit, to hit on the obvious ones too much. Um, I do want to get your thoughts on two situations one being Denver with no Jerry Judy um, because they're those guys are pretty cheap Sutton uh, played 80% of the snaps last week Uh, he was targeted deep a few times on the the few times that he was targeted Uh, they're going to play a ton of man coverage and that can that can be good for Sutton taking deep shots down the field Uh, you've got Tim Patrick who's going to probably move all around the formation play some slot play some outside and then you got KJ Hamler uh, who's pretty cheap too who's likely going to play mostly slot. Um, So curious to hear your thoughts there. And then we're going to see how big your nuts are uh, this week. Are you playing Brandon Ayuk at 5,500? Now that there's quotes that he's fully back and he's ready to roll week two against Philly. You know, maybe they just said, you know, he's back to practice last week on Wednesday for the first time in a little bit. You know, we're playing Detroit. We don't necessarily need him. Let's have him out there as a decoy. And now that they're playing Philly week two, you know, let's get him more involved. He's had a week and a half to get his legs under him. He's going to be in better shape. He's going to be 0.00001% owned because people are not going to play him after last week. And he's 5,500 and has, what, a a 30 to 35 point ceiling? I mean, the kid's legit.
1: Yeah, I mean – I have no problem with playing him. I, I think, especially. I don't time, either. Um, I think you should. I think you shouldn't be looking to play him because we know his ceiling is. And I think what, I think there's more of the story that we just don't know and we'll probably never find out uh, to, to this the situation. Um, it, the by his comments, his very pointed comments, it sounds like more that he was trying to teach him some sort of lesson. The more than anything, right. But it's easy to do that when you're playing Detroit, right? You you, you can feel pretty comfortable because he was still active, right? And I, you felt like, okay, we're going to leave him active. We're not going to make him healthy scratch like Trey Sermon. I know there's been some rumblings about possibly missing a curfew or something like that, right? He was he was also dealing with an injury, but I I think that this is going to be one that we look back next week and we're like, oh, that son of a bitch, Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. You know, look, this guy's going to go out and fucking dominate, you know, and and. and Everybody else sat him, and whether it's season-long, whether it's DFS, nobody played him. Everybody stayed away from him, and he goes out and dominates, right? And so because, uh, you know, I mean, you can't do that against against this defense or against this offense, right? You, you can't feel comfortable that, oh, we're just going to win this game against Philly, right, in and, and this matchup here. And so I definitely think he's in play, and
2: so I think people uh, should be looking to play. And if he's gonna I'm so him, glad. Yes, I'm so glad, dude. Nobody's gonna play him after last week.
1: Well, it's it's a good way to exploit just the you know the week one narratives that we get. The oh, this guy's terrible. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, oh, this you know and stuff like that. Like, like I don't care uh, about last week and, and what happened. You know, like I, I do think that there was more. Just uh there's the team they were playing and just the way he's been talking. But now today he came out and said that you know it sounds like he's definitely gonna be playing more and. If he's on the field, I I, I definitely want some access, some access to him because he is um, he's their best wide receiver they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like Debo Samuel a lot. That's not knocking Debo Samuel, but Brandon Ayuk is 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 the real deal, and he there he's not going to get. Uh, River Krakow is not going to get snaps <laughs> over okay him. Or I mean, I've seen people talk about like, oh, should I should I, you know, in season long, should I pick up Trent Sherfield? Fuck no, okay. <laughs> Trish Shurfield is not a thing. Okay. It, it's Brandon Ayuk. All right. It was they're yeah. trying to teach the dude a lesson, and that's clearly what I think they were trying to do there. And so when it comes to the wide receiver, so yes, I, I definitely think that you can play him. Um for me, I am definitely in on Keenan Allen. I you can't, I he's gonna be he's gonna be chalky. I know that, but at 7k, it's Keenan Allen, he's too cheap. Just be you different
2: elsewhere. Yeah, be different elsewhere on your Keenan Allen teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the dude is an absolute baller. Mm-hmm. He is going to get all the opportunities. There's nobody on Dallas that I'm really all that concerned with. I think he's probably going to see, you know, I, I just don't care. I'm playing Keenan Allen at 7K. And I'm playing A.J. Brown at 6,900. Like, I just – I don't understand that. I mean, it's not like A.J. Brown had a terrible week last week. I mean, I know the offense didn't look great, but at 40 – or sixty nine hundred, he still had about fifteen DK points, so he didn't bury you. He just didn't get what you were looking for, right? And so I like that. Uh, I think this is a game that I definitely think that I think this Tennessee offense um, kind of turns it around a little bit, and so I, I like AJ Brown at sixty at sixty nine hundred. And then from there, you know, going out, I one hundred percent agree. Allen Robinson is should be in most people everybody's lineups at sixty two hundred. He won't right? be <laughs> against Cincinnati. You know, if you want to get this you know, revenge narrative at that, you know, with, with Andy Dalton, right? Getting to play his former team. True. And so Shout
2: um, out to Ryan Williams. Revenge yeah, if, narrative.
1: If Ryan, if if Ryan's <laughs> on the show right now, that's exactly what he'd be saying. You know, I'm all about that, that life, right? And so I like Alan Robinson. I also like Mike, I like Mike Evans. Nobody's gonna play Mike Evans either. Mike Evans didn't do a damn thing last week. He's only sixty one hundred. That is way too cheap for him. And so I like Mike Evans. Listen, the thing that I that I thought about all offseason about this offense is going to be every week you're going to have a guy who's gonna get who's gonna get shadowed, and he's not he's not going to get the opportunities and he is going to phase out, right? It's just it's you have too many weapons. You have Mike Evans, you have you have Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Gronk, right? You just have so many guys here. Every week somebody is going to not get their opportunity. But this is a matchup against Atlanta that I want I want action on this game. Because this offense is going to absolutely obliterate Atlanta, okay? And so while, yes, I get it, you could say that they're going to run the ball. and It's not going to happen. They have to get there, right? They have to score those points. They have the highest implied point total on the week.
2: Yeah, and Brady is not at the point of his career where he wants to just turn, turn around and hand the ball off when they're up by 10. Like, it, they will throw, and they will throw, and they will continue to throw until they're up by 35. Like, that's – that Brady is just – he's on a war path right now, and – like, we've seen, we, see, we saw him do it last year. Like, he will throw four to five touchdowns in a game that they win 38 to three. He does not care.
1: Yes. And so I do want pieces to this game. And so I like Mike Evans. Nobody's going to play him. Everybody's going to play Godwin, who's 6,600.
2: Or oh, they're going to get to AB. he 5,600? 6,600. Oh, 66. I thought you said 56. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no, no. We'd,
1: we'd be having a different conversation with <laughs> that. <laughs> If that was the case, um, no, he's sixty six hundred, and Antonio Brown is six k. People are going to play those guys. They're not going to play Mike Evans after the performance he just came off of, where he scored five point four. Give me that leverage off of him, and give me at sixty one hundred where Mike or Mike Evans can go out and smash this week, right? Yep. And so I, I I like him as a leverage play off, off some of these dudes, especially off of Mike Williams, who's sixty one hundred. I still don't understand Cooper Cup. I'm playing Cooper Cup at six K. I don't care yeah, if playing I Indy, I don't, don't care either. about their, their old old ass corners that they have. Cooper Cup is gonna smash that price.
2: Yeah, he's their main guy. Yeah. Why is he six K?
1: I've got well, I I assume it's probably because they you know the, the Monday night game. I guess that's probably why. True. They they, they didn't get to adjust True. it. True. But still, uh six K. I'm all about that life, uh, DJ Moore. We already talked. Uh, I talked about that a little bit with Sam Darnold, but 5900 for for DJ Moore. And the most encouraging thing for DJ Moore was because last year it was it was it was different, right? Because we all thought that he was going to be their slot guy um, and get those you know the the short intermediate routes, and he was going to see a lot of targets because of it, but he wasn't. It was the complete opposite. It was Robbie Anderson that did that. Now I know it's only one week, but DJ Moore back to the slot, getting a lot of – uh, getting those – and not, not not even necessarily the slot, but getting those short intermediate targets, um, which is what you want to see, right? He only had a uh, – what was it? 10.0 uh, yards per target, which, uh, which was 32nd among all wide receivers. So he is getting a lot more of those short intermediate targets, which where he is going to come in clutch with his yards after the catch because he is a yak monster. But I like DJ Moore in this matchup. They are missing their their, their number one corner um, – and and New Orleans as well. So I like DJ more, especially at 5,900. I can't get away from that. And then moving on from there, just a few other guys. You already hit on uh, Brandon Ayuk. What are you doing with
2: Devonta Smith? Do you feel good to play him at 5,400? I'm playing him in game stacks with Jalen Hurts uh, and then Ayuk or Debo and Kittle on the other side. Because I think if that game goes nuclear, Devontae Smith is a reason why. I don't think I'm going to end up with Devontae Smith as a one-off at 5,400. Because I don't see – I just think if he's if he's smashing, that game is nuclear. And I want that in a game stack. I don't think I'm going to have him by himself. So, yes, he's in play. Um, definitely, Definitely in play for me. I just – only running three teams will not have him – Likely, I would likely not have him by himself. And then, I
1: guess let's just talk really quickly so we can move on um, about just some of the cheaper wide receivers. Uh, is there anybody down, you know, in the four and three and four K range that that you have interest in? Because I know I look at like Marquez Callaway is not going to have any ownership because he didn't do anything last week. But they only threw the ball twenty times. He still ran a route on um, I think eighteen of the twenty uh, of the twenty passes. So I mean, he's still running routes, and so I'm not really concerned with him. But I like uh, Marquez Calloway at 4,200. Nobody's going to play him. And, and so I, I do not mind going with him. Um, I think that, you know, you talked about this Denver game. I do mm-hmm. think K- K.J. Hamler. Uh, there's been reports this week that he's actually, the you know, going to be the guy who sees more opportunity over Tim Patrick, where I think okay. a lot of people thought it was going to be Tim Patrick last year because that's what Tim Patrick did last year. I still think they're all they're, – they're still, you know, going to be in three wide receiver sets and all that stuff. Yes, they're all going to be out there. But K.J. Hamler is explosive. And –
2: you know, he dropped a wide-open
1: touchdown, too. I don't know if yes. you saw that highlight. Yeah. So we'd be talking about something completely different here mm-hmm. had he not caught that. Because mm-hmm. he would have scored, what, about 20 fantasy points, 20 DK points was last like a, week? That was like a
2: 60-yard touchdown, I think, or 40 or 50. Yeah, it so- it would have been another 12 points added on.
1: Yeah. And so K.J. Hamler at 3,800, 100% in play. Yeah. You know, Brian Edwards, like – Crazy what happens when you – John Gruden, when, when you, you actually throw him in. the ball. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, I know because we were all talking in our, on our chat, you know, as that game was going on. And which, by the way, the ESPN2, Peyton, and Eli, I will never watch the regular
2: broadcast ever again. That was the, amazing. The Eli and Peyton broadcast was absolutely amazing. And yeah, For those of you who did not know that ESPN2 had a broadcast uh, on Monday Night Football – I guess it's because it's new this year, Uh, Peyton and Eli are doing a broadcast where they commentate on the game. They talk about, you know, coverages and and strategies and things like that. But the cool thing was they were bringing in other NFL players like Ray Lewis was on there. Uh, They brought in Travis Kelsey on for a little bit. And Travis Kelsey didn't even know that he was playing the Baltimore Ravens next week. And he was sitting there talking about, yeah, we're going to got to go back to the building tomorrow and get ready for our opponent next week. I think we're flying out to the Chargers. And they're like, uh, no, Travis, you're, you're playing Baltimore, who's who's on Monday Night Football right now. And then uh, they bring in Russell Wilson too, to to close out the game. So that was really, really cool. I highly, highly recommend checking that out uh, next Monday night for especially because, you know, they'll be analyzing Aaron Rodgers. So that'll be pretty cool.
1: Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. But as that was going on, you know, I had a lot of showdown teams, and I had almost all Brian Edwards on them. And like for the majority of the game, I'm just banging my head against the wall because I had the I had a bunch of really good lineups, but Brian Edwards. And then finally, they decided to start throwing to Brian Edwards, and then he had that touchdown. That well, what should was very close to a touchdown. Like what was it, six inches away from me in a touchdown? I digress. The biggest question for him is going to be though. Are they going to actually, you know, start to actually give him more of a consistent role in this offense after he proved what he can do? But at $3,700, uh, I'm going to have a little bit of interest in Brian Edwards at that price tag. And then I'm definitely, you know, I've already talked about somebody like, you know, Terrace Marshall. I like that. as I like going back to him as well because he actually was second on the team in targets last week, with six. And so in this game that I think that has a little bit of shootout upside, I don't think it's going to be like some, you know, you know, monster nuclear game, but I think we could see at least a decent uh, total here from this game. And so I do like getting some Terrace Marshall as well. If I'm going to stack Sam Darnold, I'm probably going to do a DJ more and Terrace Marshall.
2: Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, And and I like the Edwards call too, especially you're on Ben Roethlisberger. So that's a, that's a very easy, cheap run back, um, you know, where a lot of people, well, people aren't playing Ben, but if they are, they're likely running it back with Darren Waller, right? You know, you run it back sure. with with Brian Edwards for for free, and you can kind of play whoever you want there. Um, I don't mind that at all if, if that's the game you're, you're wanting to stack up. Um, and then just one other name I'll throw. I briefly mentioned him earlier when I was talking about Cousins, but KJ Osborne, uh, 19% of the targets and 23% of the air yards, uh, which the 19% target share – uh, is in line with Justin Jefferson's 19% and Adam Thielen's 23% from week 1. So like I said, man, this this new OC, he wants to throw the ball. He wants to throw it a lot. I mean, they were they were sixth in, in passive uh pass rate in neutral situations and that's uh, one score games. Um and, and that whole game was, you know, the whole game was tight. It's not like they were trailing by a lot and just had to f- had to throw the ball a ton. And Cousins threw 49 times. So uh 3100 for a guy who saw nine targets last week and is going to get, you know, somewhat close to 20% target share. I, I'm in, I've, I've never, had never heard of the guy until this past week and, and I'm in. So uh, yeah. KJ Osborne 3,100. He's, he would be my, my bargain bin guy. Uh, I,
1: I like that as well. Like he definitely came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm like KJ Osborne <laughs> KJ Osborne, <laughs> Well, I, I thought it was Is Amir, Amir Smith Marset. Uh, I guess Is not. It's we're going AJ Osborne. <laughs> Is he related to Ozzy? And so yeah, I, so I, I don't mind that, Um Just a couple other dudes, and then we will move, move over to tight end. I, I forgot to mention Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney at forty two hundred. You know, in this game that. Uh, i you know I, I like targeting this game a little bit getting some pieces from here he played 100 of the snaps last week he did play almost 30 percent in the slot as well he did see seven targets last last week uh so that is positive positive. and so um i like darnell mooney He's going to be on the field they really don't have anybody else outside of him and cole Komet now and Alan robinson so um if you know you want to get a little bit of action on this game i, I do like targeting darnell mooney at 4200 and then I want to talk about a guy that I had talked about him last night on our TFA show as well, and I think he's probably a better, D, uh, you know, DFS play than he is actually a you know season long um, play. As long as he plays, he is he is a little bit limited, but he's still getting in practice. But that's Anthony Schwartz um, going against Houston. Mm-hmm. He is only thirty three hundred dollars, and while he didn't, I mean, he only play he only logged fifty percent snap share. He did see five targets, um, three catches, sixty nine yards. I believe he also had a, um, a. They also used him in the the running game as well. And so, I kind of like him. I mean, he was seventeenth uh, in fantasy points per route run last week. Um, they they showed that you know he's kind of the guy that they want to use. And I mean, he got I mean, if you would have played him last week, I mean, he had you know double digit DK points last week. you know, He was bare minimum. But the dude is. I mean, for a lot of people that maybe not know who Anthony Schwartz is, I mean, he is a absolute electric dude i mean his best comparable is Curtis samuel he ran a 427 at his pro day which equates to 432 which is 99th percentile he also has a uh 84th percentile speed score and you know he was kind of a guy that people were kind of excited about drafted in the third round you know and i know we talked about donovan Peoples jones you know last week you know if you're wanting to play but even donovan Peoples jones did play 80 80 percent of the snaps but he only received three percent target share mm. in that offense last week while um Anthony Schwartz received uh, almost a 20% target share in this offense. So I like him at $3,300 against Houston. You know, I think you could see them take a couple deep shots to him if he can connect. Like, I, you know, he he, he takes one of the house. I mean, we're in business, you know. And so while, yes, I want to get a little bit of action on this Cleveland game, I just don't have any interest in playing a Jarvis Landry, you know, or anybody like that. And I don't, I'm not going to play Baker. And so if you want to get a little
2: bit different and somebody that's cheap at at $3,300 Anthony Schwartz, like I don't mind doing that. Yeah. Schwartz is a burner. He can, he can score from anywhere on the field. I mean, running a four, three uh, that's fast. (laughs) So uh, yeah, no, definitely 40, uh, 3,300 a guy who's got, I mean, he's got a 20 point ceiling because I mean, he can legit go for, a hundred yards on only a couple catches and, and score a long touchdown. And that's what you would need for a tournament. But I mean, that is in his range of outcomes against Houston. So yeah, I'm good with that.
1: All right. Well, um, yes. So while in the chat real quick, while Aaron Chase at 5k, yes, I think you could definitely play Jamar chase at 5k. I think T Higgins is also in play. If you want, if you want
2: to, uh, you know, the Chicago secondary player. is awful.
1: Yeah. The and, cornerbacks and so- are terrible. Yeah, so Jamar Chase at 5K—that's still too cheap for him. Uh, it was good to see him actually come out and explode. That we all, we heard all preseason of how bad this guy was—he couldn't catch—and you have to appreciate Joe Burrow coming out uh, at their post-game press conference and making a snide little comment about, "Man, I thought that guy couldn't catch." Um, you know, so that that was good to see. And so, you know, if you look at uh, the Cincinnati offense last week, they only threw the ball 27 times, but that was because they were kind of in that game and they were able to kind of. Uh, and they had a lead for a lot of that game as well. and So, they, you know, they used Joe Burrow. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that every week. And I think you're going to see where they're going to throw the ball a lot more than 27 times. So, I do like Jawar Chase at 5K and, or T Higgins for that matter. I think both of them are in play at their price tag. But unless you have anybody else, we could jump over to tight end.
2: Nope, I'm good to jump. And tight end is pretty straightforward for me too. Yeah.
1: I mean, you have, you have Darren Waller at 7,600. I mean, the guy, which is probably actually a value compared to uh, how many targets that he could possibly see. Right. But he is going to be, I think he's going to carry the most ownership rightfully. So he's coming off a game where he had 19 targets, which is again, just ridiculous, especially for a tight end. But you have George Kittle at 6,400 Kyle Pitts who moved up at 5,200 Gronk at 4,700. No fucking thank you. I will not fall into that trap. And Dallas Goddard at forty six hundred, which is interesting because we'll have to see what's going on with Zach Ertz because he got banged up in last week's game. So if he were to if he were to possibly miss this game, which he's gotten in some limited practices, so he he could possibly you know trending towards playing. But if he does not play, I think Dallas Goddard at forty six hundred, um, I think is definitely would be in play. And then Noah Fant at forty two hundred, Hunter Henry's forty three hundred uh johnny Smith 4500 i don't know why i skipped over them and then tyler higby at 41 and mike Kosicki at 4k where
2: are you what are you doing at tight end yep so on my hurts team i will be running it back with kittle on the other side uh because the, i think in, in, in a shootout game environment uh kittle can break the slate at that price you know he's got 30 point upside um and, and if that game shoots out there's a, a very good chance that kittle is a part of it um And then outside of that, it's it's I'm gonna have, I know I'm gonna have nightmares thinking about this for the next three nights. But Tyler Higby and Noah Fant are basically the same price and basically getting the same role uh, in their respective offenses. And and they're both in uh, Fant's in a better matchup than than Higby is. But I mean Higby still, I mean he pretty much didn't come off the field. We talk about getting guys at at cheap roles, uh, cheap prices that are going to have good roles, high volume roles where they're not going to come off the field. And Higby is turning into one of those tight ends. Um and, and we didn't see him explode last week, but his usage, uh, you know, they were actually designing plays for him. Uh, his usage, his his snap share, all of that is is very, very bullish uh to him having a very good rest of the season. So I kind of want to get on the Higby train before it leaves the station. Um, and you know, I feel like he may go overlooked a little bit facing Indy, uh a, a defense that, you know, people don't necessarily want to always attack. Um, so, yeah, the, it's really those three tight ends. And, and obviously you can play Darren Waller. I just don't know that I'm going to have the salary for it, uh, considering I need to play those those 6K running backs with Christian McCaffrey. And we talked about, you know, the, all the 6K wide receivers too. So I probably won't get to Waller this week, unfortunately, um, which they did a good job of pricing him up that high because 19 targets is is absolutely ridiculous for a tight end. But, uh, yeah, it's it's those mainly those three for me, Kittle, Higby, and, and Fant. Uh, Fant with no Judy uh, against Jacksonville is, is a pretty obvious play.
1: No, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, they, they, did they did use him as a blocker. I will say that uh, quite a bit because he, while re- he, well, he played hundred percent of the snaps, he only ran 21 routes, but, Regardless of that, um, which was 19th among all, but he did have a
2: 23% target share, mm-hmm. which was fourth among all tight ends. Right, which is so kind of what I meant by saying, you know, they were designing plays for him. It seemed like when he was running routes, that he was the first read, you know, a good a good chunk of the time. And I guess that, you know, the, I didn't, I hadn't looked up his target share, but the 23% target share, um, or I'm sorry, I hadn't looked up his routes run, but the t- 23% target share tells me that, you know, that they're consciously making an effort to get him the ball when you know when they want to get him the ball, you know, and even if he's staying in and blocking uh on other snaps.
1: No, for sure. I mean it, he ran I mean he was 80.8 route participation, but you know his his six targets was tenth and then twenty three percent target share. But it wasn't even just that. I mean he also saw uh, an enzo an end zone target which is which is encouraging. He was also third in yards after the catch as well. So um, and fourth in yards per out run. So, those are two metrics that I always look at. And, you know, when it comes to any pass catchers. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a lot to like here with the guy, especially a guy that's going to play 100% of the snaps. Like, I'm about that life because that's all we're really looking for, especially at tight end and especially at that price. And so, while yes, it's a little bit more, that's it's definitely the difficult more of the matchup, but I, I like Tyler Higby this week quite a bit. Um, I want to talk about a, a less obvious guy, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, where people are going to be coming in on. And that's, that's uh, Adam Troutman at 3k. Um, You know, he kind of was left for dead um, uh, this past, uh, you know, uh, because of, he got hurt over there, over in in preseason and when, why he was playing in preseason, you know, he wasn't really utilized all that much. So people really thought too much into it. And people kind of left him for dead. I held strong (laughs) and I'm happy that I did because, while if you look at the the box scores, if you just looked at their just common stats, you would say, "Well, but but Juwan, Juwan Johnson had two touchdowns last week. He should be the guy that we want." Uh, no, because uh, he barely played and he barely ran any routes. I think he ran like four or five routes the entire game. He just happened to be the two were you know end zone targets, right? Mm-hmm. Where Adam Troutman played sixty percent of the snaps. He ran fourteen routes on on you know fourteen pass routes, and so they only threw the ball twenty times. He had a 30% target share. Again, they didn't throw very much, but still. Uh, 42% target rate, which is fifth among all tight ends, um, or fifth among all wide uh, wide outs. And then, so I think there's some juice here with this play, a 3K. And so I I think that nobody's going to want to play him because he didn't do anything last week. He only had 4.8 DK points. But I think this is a game that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot more. They're not going to be able to throw the ball 20 times in this game. I, I can guarantee that. And so I like Adam Troutman. They still don't. I mean, it's him, Marquez Calloway, and I guess Deontay Harris, obviously Alvin Kamara. But, um, you know, in terms of just their pass catchers, you know, I think he's the guy right now. Him and Marquez Calloway still look to be the guys. And so nobody's going to play Adam Troutman. And I think that that's a mistake. And I like
2: Adam Troutman this week at 3K. I won't go there, but, you know, you can. Uh, how about you go? It takes. You go there, take some pictures, and you know, send me a T-shirt and let me know how the rides were, uh, and report back to to Mission Control. Hey, he, when, when, whatever he just smashes this week, it has twenty DK
1: points. You know, I'm gonna be. <laughs> make, make we're going right. to Disney World. Yeah. And so other than that, like, I mean, I think Cole Komet uh, is definitely in play at 3,700. He's clearly the guy. I don't know why they, they, they still have J- uh, Jimmy Graham on that offense, but Jimmy Graham didn't do really do shit, but I do like Cole Komet at $3,700. And then I think Gerald Everett's another guy. If you want to get action, you know, as a part of a game stack, I think you could do that as well. Um, so I, I do like that. Um Past that, do you have anybody else you want to talk about at tight end? I mean, I think there's some other guys, obviously, that are just kind of, you know, if you, you, you know, if you're playing a game stack like Jarwin, I think would, would would be somebody we talked about. Jared Cook, I think he would also Jared be Cook, a, yeah. a guy that I would I would could want to include in the game stack as well. Absolutely. Um, or I think you could play him, all, you know, by himself as well. I mean, he's only thirty nine hundred as well, so he's still really cheap.
2: A, and Dallas plays a ton of zone too, so which yeah. is good for tight ends.
1: So other than that, I mean if you don't have anybody else, let's just jump over to the defenses where you have the high priced Rams at 4500, Buccaneers which is insane to me. No thanks, I'm not playing 4500 for Rams. I ain't doing it. No. You can't make me. Uh the Bucks were 4100, Broncos are 3800 against the Jags, the Patriots are $3700, the 49ers are 3600. I don't get why they're uh that pry up but whatever uh and then let's just go down drop back down to the bottom where you have the texans at 2k you have the falcons at 2100 the vikings at 2100 the titans at 2200 the jets at 2200 the jaguars at 2300 the cowboys at 2400 what are we doing a defense i'm just paying down i'm just gonna see whoever fits in and we're gonna go from there
2: yeah i always pay down as well uh just from looking at you know so what what got got us both on the Cardinals defense last week against Tennessee is, you know, you're in lineups that you're not playing, you know, Tannehill and such and stacking that game, you know, that's a good game to get a defense from if you're fading it because there's going to be a lot of pass attempts in that game. Um, or, you know, we, we were assuming there was going to be a lot of pass attempts in that game. And so we played the, the men price or $2,100 Cardinals uh, and it ended up working out very well. Uh, because, you know, defenses get fantasy points when quarterbacks drop back to pass. Um, so just thinking about that, you know, it's the same, you know, same principle on teams where you're not playing Minnesota, Arizona. I like the Vikings at 2100 against Arizona. I mean, Arizona has show that they're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, and, you know, Kyler Murray, he can make some mistakes and turn the ball over occasionally. So uh, he can do some wild things. Um, definitely like, you know, Minnesota as a punt complete punt defense. Uh, If I was paying up, I mean, I absolutely would pay, like if prices weren't a thing, I absolutely would pay $3,700 for the Patriots uh, defense against Zach Wilson uh, because we know Bill Belichick does not allow rookie QBs to do anything um, in their rookie year. So uh, by throwing, you know, different coverages that they have never seen before Adam and and whatnot, which is why I, I love the idea of a Patriots defense, Damian Harris stack, if you can make it work. Um, but thirty seven hundred is a lot to ask. So yeah, I'm going to end up paying down. Um, is there anybody in like the the twenty five hundred to three k range? Because sometimes I find myself falling in that range for a defense. And I'm curious if you've got anybody there. I
1: mean, I think if you like, if you wanted to, I mean, I, I think that I, I think that the, the Panthers uh, make for an interesting play because you just, you just know Jameis can get a little, yep. uh, you know. You know, I don't give a fuck attitude, make some bad decisions, you know, take one of the house. So at $2,700, I think the Panthers, the Raiders, like I said, they, they were able to get a lot of pressure on on uh, Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football um, because of that improved offensive line with uh, with Max Crosby and uh, Gakwe, who they added over the offseason call a massive. So I mean, they were able to kind of, uh, you know, get a lot of pressure on right him. So I don't mind that if you want to do that with Pittsburgh, you know, big Ben is a statue back there. Their offensive line is terrible. And so, you know, if Ben makes mistakes, those, uh, you know, throw a couple of interceptions, maybe get some sacks. I don't really mind it. Um, but other than that, I mean, uh, that's, that's kind of where I would come in and, and you know, or the, I guess the bears at 2,800 at home, but yeah, I mean, Bear- I,
2: Bears twenty eight hundred, Steelers three k, and then the only other team that I saw that you hadn't mentioned is Eagles at twenty four hundred against San Francisco. If you're not stacking that game, um, because Jimmy G, he can make some mistakes too. He's not, he's not turnover free. No, so. for sure.
1: Well, do you have any any other defenses, or uh, we got to jump over and build this squad?
2: No, let's build this team and get the heck out of here. All
1: right. So as we do every week, we try to we build a uh, you know put together a lineup, build a team, you know, and we'll see how it does uh, after everybody we've talked about. So why don't you kick us off? uh, Where are we going with first?
2: I'm gonna set. I'm gonna set the tone this week. We're going with Kirk Cousins as our QB. Well, then let's just lock in. I'm gonna go with Justin Jefferson. All right, we're gonna run it back with uh, with Hopkins on the other side. See, you can play Hopkins here despite him being popular because nobody's gonna stack Minnesota. So you have a unique build.
1: All right, let's plug in to get a little bit of action on this game. I'm gonna plug in Zeke at 6,200.
2: All right, and let's go ahead and just round out our cousin stack with KJ Osborne.
1: All right, so we got 47.25 per position. We still have a running back, tight end, flex, and defense left to go. Ooh, I don't know if we'll be able to – I don't know if we could do it. My, I was going to see if we played McCaffrey at 9,900. That would only leave us 3K for a tight end, flex, and defense.
2: Uh, We can make it work. Just go, uh, just go Schwartz in the flex, I think, for now as a placeholder, and then let's play with some salary. So let's just go like bare minimum. Or
1: near a fair of them, I guess. Um,
2: yeah, so you need thirty seven hundred is the highest tight end you can play. It's Comet against Sensi. I don't know that I'd want to play both Osborne and Schwartz though on the same team. It feels a little too thin. Well, let's do this.
1: I'm going to drop out of Chris McCaffrey because that this we, have, we just really have no other outs, and I'll I will let's see. Well, fuck it. Let's just go with the other side of that game. Just gonna go, let's go with Alvin Kamara. All right. That should leave a little bit more, I
2: think. Yeah, we should be able to do a little bit better with that. Um, I'll lock in. Let's go with a mini. I still want to kind of mini-stack Dallas and the Chargers. Let's throw in Jared Cook. I already had him in. <laughs> okay. Oh, 4,200. I can do something with this. Um, if... I guess I guess we go to Texans defense but I don't know if I want to do that. I, don't know if I, I like uh I like Vikings Oh wait we're stacking that game so never mind. I would say let's try to get to the Eagles D if we can. 2400. Is there anybody 3800 you like? Oh for sure. You know who you're talking to right now? <laughs> True.
1: Oh, KJ uh, Hamler. We can, go, we can go KJ Hamler at 3800. Yeah. yeah, just do that. Easy game. Or Brian Edwards at 3,700. Uh, I vote Hamler
2: since we're – we can afford to be a little chalky since we have a pretty pretty unique build here. Okay. Well, we used the Hall 100%. We go uh,
1: Kirk Cousins, Zeke, Alvin Kamara, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, K.J. Osborne, Jared Cook, K.J. Hamler, and Eagles defense.
2: A lot of Ks and Js in that lineup. Hey – we're going to get paid. That's all I know. K's so. and J's get you paid, baby. <laughs> That's so, anyways, theme.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up week two. Uh, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, we, a lot of stuff we talked about today. I think there's a lot of teams or a lot of games that, that are, that you can stack, try to get a little bit different in, but other than that, you got anything
2: else? Nope. I'm ready for a better week two than, uh, than what week one was. It was a little, little bit of a letdown. Uh, a lot of spots and teams that you know we were excited about, Tennessee and, and Green Bay uh, being two of the main ones that, that kind of let us down. So um, looking for some, some bounce backs across the board in week two.
1: No, for sure. Um, so anyways, I appreciate everybody checking out the show. If you're watching on YouTube live, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. If you're listening to this on podcast, be sure to leave us a rating and review. You can find us at DFS DJ Nation through your podcast stream, if you are watching on YouTube. Uh, just head over. You can listen to the pod, DFS, DJ Nation pod. We are not under the Fantasy Authority uh, stream. This is our own setup we have going here. I hope everybody wins a lot of money. For Maddie, you can find him on Twitter at DFS. You can slide into DMs or into our Discord. We have an absolutely free Discord with the DFS channel set up. Uh, you can find the, that link in the description. It's a good way to just come in. We can talk we'll, You know, – we'll be talking DFS, especially probably Saturdays into Sunday morning, kind of talking about you know some of the different things that are going to be coming up You know, with injuries and everything else. Uh, we can talk about plays and everything else. Or if you just have any questions. I know Maddie was in there waxing poetically, just dropping nuggets on some of the guys last weekend, uh, getting them ready. And I think they stole the lineup that he that he posted in there. They, that would be a good lineup for cash um, from, him, from him. But uh, regardless of that, I'm Kevin Steele. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyRad13. I'll, we will see you in them DFS streets. But until next week,
0: we out. You can tell me what to do. You know who you're talking to. Well, you to the... Yeah, that's a great little man Break it down Think you're right, you're not Think you're right, Think you're right not Think you're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man tell me what to do you know who you're talking to you're not one of